0: No, welcome to an extra special, spectacular edition of ARG Presents. With that kind of hype, you know it's good. I'm your good buddy, your good pal, amigo Aaron, joined by a man who some refer to as the Capcom King.
1: Give it up for the Brent. I am the Capcom King. Why? Why? Did, what gives you the right to say that? I I just suffered and. Self-endorsing title.
0: Is that what, I'm going to say Crapcom, King. How about that? Well, that's not a company. You know, why are we talking about Capcom? Because if you didn't join us last <laughs> week, we spun the wheel, we made the deal. The, and this is probably the last time we'll be doing this deal, Brad, because bam, it's a Capcom CPS-1 system. The arcade system, Capcom CPS-1. Yes. You know, it's funny. Uh... We owned a couple CPS one boards, and most of which were comprised by Street Fighter two. Street a 2 Championship Edition, I believe, and we had one CPS board. Street Fighter 2 Championship Edition that had also served as the home of mice <laughs> or rats. So that's nice. Well, that that's the uh, arcade tradition. The the one thing you don't want to do is pick out rat's nest from your CPS board. Yeah. it does happen, you know. Now you know we've been down this road a few times. It's, I was looking over the list of CPS one games. And we've covered more than a few of these on the show. Yeah, uh, just uh, we, t- we talked. Don, uh, we talked about uh We talked about Strider. We talked about Willow. We talked about Final Fight Mercs. And so we've talked about more than a few of these things. Uh, oh, I forgot about uh, the, your trivia game that you love so much. We also yeah. covered Quiz that and one dragons, a while, back Who's the
1: dragons? So, and of course Street Fighter. We've been down, been, uh, been up and down the block on the old CPS. Well, that should tell you something. Yeah. That should tell you how incredibly influential this board was. Oh yeah. Talk yeah. about an arcade game changer. Yeah. I mean, Street Fighter wouldn't exist if this board wasn't capable of running it. Yeah. And just just a quick uh v- revisit here if you're interested. What is the
0: CPS system? What was a standardized system Capcom used uh in the, uh, with this set of games? Uh, that ran off of the same hardware with just different, basically different uh,
1: uh, daughter boards stuck on it. Yeah, but it games. It was like a, it was basically like a console that the you, you'd stick new PCBs in as cartridges. Yeah, sorta. Of. Uh, now the funny thing is that CPS two. Th- this was literally
0: a, a, a system where you would. You could you would plug you would in a separate like plug plastic in a thing, yeah. But and so those you often saw maybe the cartridge, but not. And when I say cartridge, it's not really what it looked like. But you, it, but the CPS ones, they pretty much always came as a complete board. Like I don't remember seeing we we never just plugged something into a CPS board. Ever. No, no, yeah. Um, in case you're mm. wondering. Uh, the uh, the CPS one board was comprised uh, of a Motorola sixty eight thousand the old standby. By the way, think about this same thing that's in the Amiga. This is a lot of the Max. Uh, this thing ran at ten megahertz, and then later on they cranked up the uh, speed to twelve on a few of these things. A little bit overclock. Uh, you got a Zilog Z eighty, and there's your secondary. The sound chip in it was a Yamaha. You got to have the old YM twenty one fifty one. I mean, this is pretty standard stuff, really. Yes. If you think about it. Uh, and uh, this thing could crank out some games. You get the on-screen uh, colors of 4096 just like the Amiga and you had available 65,000 plus colors. So you had a good yep. I mean you could, you look good at palette. the palette. You look at the art on this thing. It's not I mean this is good stuff. It's funny that the CPS2 came along uh, and uh, picked up where this left off, but I mean there's not what I would call a
1: monster gap in terms of functionality between the two. What what do you think on that? Well, here's the thing to to think about, right? These are games from the early 90s. Right. Right? And you could absolutely play any of these games, any of them, right now, and be happy. Yeah. The the graphics are all well-pleasing enough. They've definitely got all the color you need, all the frames of animation you need. Unlike, say, like, early uh 3d games yeah where it's a it's sort of a pain to go back and play because they they I mean they just look so ugly and you have to advance really far into 3d before you start going okay now i'm not turned off by the graphics i mean not that the graph the, the graphics of their time not saying anything like that but these are games you can fire up right now and be like this this uh uh Pixel art is fantastic. Yeah. Capcom did a good job in almost everything they did for this board. And it, it, it's a testament. It's a testament that just how powerful and and influential this board was to the arcade scene. And when you're good in the arcade in the 90s, that means you're going to be good at home because everything came from the arcade to home. Yeah, you know, I I, was,
0: I looked over the list for these things earlier because I was looking to see what was going to play. The very first title that was released uh, on the CPS-1, which we'll talk about later, actually, came out in 1988. And if you look over the list of things that got released, the majority, pretty much the ending of the board as a functional arcade board, Uh, they ran this thing all the way to 95. So that's a good seven-year span. But here's something. The the funny thing is, tacked on on the wiki, the last two, there are two entries from 96 and 2000, one of them is a is a called Magical Pumpkins listed as a kiddie ride, and one is called Gabrere uh, Marine Coon, which is a redemption machine. So believe it or not, uh, apparently they were tapping the CPS one well into the into the late nineties and into two thousand. That's a twelve year run for CPS if you count the redemption machine. It's kind of funny.
1: I guess I mean if they had a a, a a slew of these sitting around in a warehouse, why not stick them in something like that? How do you? you Not have that redemption machine. You're Redemption hey, I, Joe. Well, it's clearly Japanese.
0: You're the king of redemption. <laughs> That's what we should name. You're not the king of camp. You love that crap. Me, not so much. So if you're with Japan, you can check that out. You know, just while we're talking, before we get into the games proper, do you have uh, a, a favorite amongst these, the CPS 1 library? Is there one well, that really mean, stands out? Street Fighter. Yeah, it's, I mean, I mean <laughs> Street Fighter is awful good. I will say, you know, I looked over the list of, of what all was released on this. I mean, there was so many good stuff. We both like Mercs. And we both, of course, Street Fighter 2. But there was a ton <laughs> of good
1: stuff on here. And it's diverse. Yeah. You've got puzzle games, fighting games, shooting games, action platformers. You've got uh, 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 shooters. You've got all these type of games, beat ups and they're all... They all have some redeeming quality. It's amazing. Yeah, this board it, is amazing. It, it is an amazing board.
0: We were I, I don't know. We may still own one of these, Brent, to be honest with you. I don't even know. We didn't even talk about Ghouls and Ghosts. Which is another one. So you got a lot against the Final Fight. Remember the first time we saw Final Fight? We were blown away. We saw it together. So with all that said, Brent, we had to... Uh, we still had a goodly amount of games to choose Absolutely. from. Uh, would you like to go first, or would you like me to go first? I'll go first, yeah. Brent's
1: going to go first. What did you bring to the table this week, the brand Well, I was inspired by our last week's Sword and Board game, I said, you know what? I need a little more uh, Wizards and Warriors in my life, so I went and got Magic Sword. Oh, the Magic Sword! And this is a game that you could have, like, again, I, I know, keep harping on it, you can play this right now, have an incredibly good time from yeah. beginning to end. Um, Magic Sword, of course, released by Capcom uh, in a 1990. and that far back, eh? And this—that's crazy. This came to all of the everything platforms: it arcade, Super NES, PlayStation, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Port—I'm sorry, not PlayStation, PlayStation Two, PlayStation Portable, Xbox. It was on Xbox Live Arcade. It was on the PSN network.
0: So, uh, so, but most of those, most of those releases, except for, say, Super Nintendo, and what was it? Was it Genesis on there as well? No, the, So, really, no home computer releases of that. No, that's no, what I was, was on. Wondering. Yeah. It is kind of strange,
1: though, don't you think? I mean, how do you, was this a popular game? do You know? Well, it was, and we will definitely get to that. All but right. First, I want to talk a little bit about what Magic Sword is. <clears throat> Magic Sword is a left or right beat 'em up. Uh, where you are on a single plane, which means you can't go back into the background or into the foreground. Uh, you are a big barbarian dude, and you are tasked to go and kill the evil wizard. Uh, you know, as simple as it gets. Yeah. You have a tr- your trusty sword, which upgrades as you play. You can pick up items to uh, enhance your strength or your healing or uh, different aspects. But also, this is one of the few barbarians in gaming isn't has native magic. If you don't, you can, there's two ways to attack. You can just continuously swing your sword, right? But the range of that is really short. It's the, the range of a sword. Uh, or you could not swing for a few moments and shoot fireballs. Yeah. Uh, also, if you hit both your buttons together, you call down lightning. Yeah. So this guy is the... It's the epitome of uh, a warrior and wizard. He has it all. Uh, You battle up this tower, and you are trying to get to the 50th floor, and that's where the big boss guy lives. And just that alone, you would probably have a pretty fun game. But the gimmick with Magic uh, Sword is you pick up keys along your journey, and these keys will unlock uh, prisoner cells. On, as you go up this tower and inside these cells is a companion you can rescue the companion and if you you touch him basically he will attach to your character and add extra fire power and it's not like an option on like a shooter it is more like a companion he can die he can take hits for you he mimics your moves which means when you attack he attacks and he, when you jump, he jumps. Uh, it shatters your movement. But each companion is so different in the way they play. You spend a lot of your time focusing on your companion just as much as you're focusing on yourself. For an example, uh, you can pick up <clears throat> a, a, a big brute. Big that, man. That throws an axe, right? Yeah, big man. Um, only, see, I've got their actual name. No, his but name uh, is Big yeah, Man. Yeah, but they're, they're all... Uh, <laughs> That's why I like him. Most of them are like Ninja Guy or Thief, Derek, and Priest, blah, blah, blah. I like Ninja is just, tra- as traditional, it's just called Ninja. Ninja just Guy. Just like in Body Blows. Ninja Guy, that's his name. Uh, oh, he's got his name. guy, okay. Yeah. G-U-I. Wow, they re- <laughs> hey, What if they anglified you, these? You never see the names <laughs> in the game, so that none of that kind of crap matters. Actually, it's in the promo sequence at the beginning. It, it is, but not importantly. But what I was saying is... If you pick up one of the the White Wizard, for example, uh, and let him charge up a little bit, so like you would throw your fire, he casts a shield around himself, which protects him, and then shoots off homing balls.
0: Yeah, homing, homing magical balls. missiles. Yeah,
1: and sometimes an enemy is just you. If you jump, you're going to get hit. But if you have him, you can shoot those, knock that enemy down, or knock him off the platform, or kill him outright. Uh, there's also a Dark Wizard that just shoots where the White Wizard shoots three magical missiles. He shoots four magical missiles straight ahead, and they're super powerful. Uh, like I said, you've got a ninja. His gimmick is he throws little kunai uh, blades, little throwing stars, that will bounce around the screen. Uh, who am I missing here, Aaron? you got the lizard man who is... You have to have the diamond ring to get him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And that's another thing. There are so many little twists and turns on all this game. Tons of little secrets. Tons of bad guys. Um, there's a knight that it just fights mostly like you. Sword and Isn't shield there type stuff. is like a stuff. cleric in there as well? Yeah, the white yeah. wizard. Oh, and there's a ranger. So all your classes are represented here. It's awesome. When you complete levels, uh, every tower level doesn't have a boss. But when you do fight the bosses, you get sword upgrades. So you start with just a broadsword, and you can get a samurai sword, you can get a a two handed sword, all these sword upgrades, and they're all visual. You actually see the sword change. And the sword can actually get knocked out of your hands at times. And if you don't go pick it up, when you get your next sword upgrade, you just upgrade, you start your upgrade path over. So there are rare times when you have to leave your sword behind. And it sucks because then you're underpowered for the rest of the game. The enemies in this game are tremendous. They're wacky, that's for sure. They, I mean, you get everything from, like, Easter Island heads. That's, that's to, the wackiest <laughs> one. There's, who knew they could move and bite? <laughs> to, uh, you know, ball and chain My favorite the bears. The bears. These giant bats, bears. Medusas. Everything. all All your, your fantasy goodness is here. Aaron, when you, do, you, do you ever play this in the arcade, first of all? I, I never played this in the arcade. I maybe one time. They did have this at the Kentucky Arcade.
0: I do vaguely recall playing it maybe one time, but it's not one that stuck with me. So, really,
1: this week was the first time I sat down and played it uh, for any length. I, have, I did play this in the arcade. All uh-huh. right. And it was a quarter muncher because I would just try to go as fast as possible. Not a good idea. You want to keep good pace. Uh, because enemies will always spawn. There's no killing all the enemies, uh, but you have to you have to slow down in some points and let things happen and then react to them rather than running headlong and just getting destroyed. Uh, it was a quarter muncher for sure, but the beauty of this is it's also two player co op. Yeah, you get I, like it's almost like you got a party out there. Absolutely. So I remember playing this. My, with my friends, buddying up co-op, you there's so much chaos on the screen because you just you run through the game, you have a good time, you die, you put in a couple more quarters and then you walk away and you're happy at home. I've beaten this on several occasions of course you can just keep putting in money. when you die in this game, very much like Wizards and Warriors last week, you just start right back where you're at. There's not even any going to the beginning of the stage. The boss's health don't refill, so you can quarter your way through this game without any issue. And Aaron, have you ever beaten this game? I did not beat it this week. I, I got pretty far, you know. Of course, I had unlimited money, but I, yeah. Sure. Uh, minor spoilers for the you know thirty year old game. <laughs> At the end of the game, you are you are tasked with a morality question. You could either. Destroy the evil orb that gave the dark wizard all his power... Or you can take it for yourself, Ooh. right? Mm-hmm. And so there are multiple endings. In a game this old, that's that's kind of crazy. I've got to ask, what yeah. happens if you take the power? If you take the power, you become the new Dark Lord. I love it. And there are no heroes left that can challenge your power. So either way, you're covered. Well, Why I mean, would you not take it? That's then? the bad ending. Because that's...
0: you become evil. So? But you've got ultimate power. At that point, you
1: can say what's right or wrong. Anyway, the, uh, the the good ending is you destroy the orb, peace returns to the kingdom, everybody's good times. Yeah, that's the lamer ending, uh-huh. ending to I like the idea that you can become the king dog. It, cool. it, it is interesting that they even offer that as a choice. Yeah. It really is. Um, <coughs> this has been called the, the follow-up, the spiritual successor to Black Tiger. It's, that's what it reminded me of a lot, yeah. Uh, there are hidden passages in this game where you can actually skip floor levels, uh, and and they're pretty significant. I mean, they're like skipping eight and ten chunks at a time. You can skip right past bosses using them. Um, he, the magic lore, or uh, the magic sword guy, has had a cartoon. <coughs> Not him. He was featured in one of those. Uh, you know, bring in characters from other games Do we like know what thing? this guy's name is? Did you say his name? Did I did not named? say his name. That's because his name is... Blundar. Sure. Why not? <laughs> uh, you were simply referred to as the Brave One. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Good stuff. That's what I do. When you're at Starbucks, that's how I put my name in. <laughs> the Brave One. Yeah. Well, yeah, you're a Starbucks. Or insane one, one or the other, to pay those prices. Anyway, Aaron... What was your feelings on Magic Sword? I'm obviously big thumbs up for yeah. me. This game's funny to me in a lot of ways because it, it is
0: very much like a, uh, it's sort of like uh, reminded me a little bit of Golden Axe and a little bit of like uh, the, one of the Dungeons and Dragons games. But and, uh, it's it was weird that this was stuck. I mean, of course, this is a game with its era, But having this game where you there is no depth, you're stuck in like a 2D. Yeah. You know, it's almost like a cat ash or something like that. It's almost like I mean, I was gonna say it's a throwback, but it's not. It was a game of its era. but it actually works pretty well. It's a two D game. Yeah. But this one, you can see where they were laying the groundwork for going into that third dimension on this, because eventually, I mean, there's a lot of elements of this that moved that they sort of just worked and put right into like later in the D and D games and whatnot. Sure. Uh, the uh, the gimmick. With the second friend is again, it was very clever. Yes, uh, th- I said this game. It's sort of like uh, to me. Uh, also, you mentioned Black Tires a lot like that. You've got it to me. It, it's a uh, uh, a lot of games either c- c- you borrow this formula or this game borrowed some of their formulas. I don't know how it works, but there's a lot of like I said, cat ass. But it was a fun game getting the secondary guys is cool. Yes. I do like that. And I like the fact that sometimes when you open the prison door to get somebody out, you get screwed. They yeah, not drop a boulders on you or like the skeleton men come out. And if you've got the thief, they can tell you if you're going to get screwed or yes. not, which I like that too. Uh uh one thing I noticed, I actually, this is a game supported on the Mister, so I can actually play this, uh, the Mister version, you know, which is the arcade version. Sure. And I was nosing around in the uh, dip switch settings, because when I started up, it didn't let me continue, and I was like, that's not going to work. And you can actually, there's a setting in that to let you pick the level you start on. Yeah. Which is kind of cool. So yep. that, because, I mean, this is a long game. I think it you is. start out, it's like 50, 50 some stages. levels. Yeah. You can, so this way, you can skip closer to the end, which is pretty cool. Uh, the, uh, there's a wide array of stuff to get. There's a wide array of magical spells. There's a, I like that. The elements of it are nice. I think it's, uh, um, the, uh, ver- variety of enemy is pretty good. It's really good. Yeah. It's, uh, yeah, it's, 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 it's good. I like that. I like the fact that they mix it up a little bit. You've got a little bit of, uh, you know, hack and slash. They throw a little bit of light platforming in there. Nothing, you know, it's, Usually it not ain't manic bad. minor,
1: no, right. you know, Uh,
0: there's a lot of character, like palette swapped enemies to come around, but it works, so that's okay. Uh, You know, it's sort of daunting to have to go that far. And this isn't, I didn't think the stages were as well-defined in this as they would be in, say, something like a a Golden Axe. I mean, this is just like you're going through
1: different colored backgrounds of a castle. I I understand what you're saying with that, but... I appreciate that every time you go up to another floor, it has a little thing that your guys thinking. Yeah, uh, and I think that they mix up the enemies well enough. Now, can you tell floor three and four part? No, not really, but you can definitely tell floor. Well, you can tell that they're different. They do, do, they do change the color yeah. palette.
0: I do like the depth in this. It's the multi scrolling yeah. is nice. Of course, Paralox, the the yeah. CPS uh, was, board was good at that. Sure. It, you know, so it can it can do a good job with that. Um, it's, I think it's, is this my favorite? No, but it's not bad. No. It's not bad at all. I mean, I, I compare a lot to Catash, which I, I like Catash as well. We've played that on the show too. And I think this, uh, holds up fairly favorably to Kat ash. you know, Kat ash is more like you are becoming the different guys, opposed yeah. to, you know, So, but, uh, it was weird at first because when I first started playing this, I was like. I thought you could because I hadn't played this forever. I was like, "Hey, how do I become the ninja?" And <laughs> I, I, I couldn't figure it out. So if you if you start the game, I'm expecting to be the other guy. But it's neat to have two people at a party. I like that. I mean, the visuals nice. It's a fun game to look at. Yes, you know. So I I enjoyed it. I thought it was a pretty good game. Um, we did get a little Discord action on this thing, Brandon. Oh, did we to get down there? Just for an FYI, when was the last time you saw this in an arcade? I mean. You said you saw it in an arcade. Was it a local
1: arcade, or did you go, did you go somewhere to this see it? Was, this was in the bowling alley at uh, one of our local bowling alleys yeah. for a time, uh, and we would we would go there and play, when we were there, we would play it whenever we were bowling. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. So we
0: did get uh, a little action on this. Uh, our good buddy P- Pajaco chimed in. He said, uh, this game will take your money and you will thank it for doing so. <laughs> although the game seems insurmountable with 51 levels, Capcom mixes things up with long and short levels and some allowing further exploration by skipping exit doors, although you only ever see uh, seem to go up one level regardless of which door you exit through. The game has a large variety of weapons and characters to keep things fresh, add to the allies with their weapons, and it comes together. You feel quite epic. The game was a little cheap in places. I got tired of opening a chest only to be pummeled by boulders again. That's true. Uh, then uh, they are largely unavoidable, so it felt like a paywall. I never thought of a video game in terms of a paywall. I managed to blitz through in one setting, spending something like ten dollars for the quarters. Some of it was lazy gameplay on my part. So play this with a preset budget of like ten coins to pile in the pressure a bit. At the end. At the end, I was offered a choice: take the black orb or leave it. Well, I took it, as it's what I came for. And yes, I became the new Dark Lord. <laughs> yeah. So bow beneath me, mortals, and play this game. It's awesome. Eight out of ten. So he, he 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 took he took the candy. I don't I don't I don't blame him for that one, Brent. Good stuff there. Uh, I enjoyed that one. Uh, I think that was a, a pretty unique pick. Uh, and uh, um, it's a good look. It's a pretty game. These games are really all... The, the, They're all pretty.
1: They, they really yeah. did a good job. And the of, sound on this is it's not necessarily memorable, but it's not uh, assault ins- assaulting to your ears either. Yeah, unlike you. <laughs> I love that. Anyway, good job. So,
0: <laughs> you hit my chair. <laughs> so, for my next trick, I'll take on a CPS game. You know, I yeah, that's really, how it works, Aaron. So, you know, I was like, you know, what am I going to play? You know, I looked down the list. I thought, well, I'll play something from Japan. And I looked over all the offerings that were Japanese only. And I was like, you know, I don't want to play any of these. There's some weird stuff in there. Some all-Japanese trivia games. There's some stuff. I just didn't see anything that appealed to me. And so I thought, you know, I've never really played this game much. I'll try it. And so the game I ended up choosing, the Brent, was, bam, Forgotten Worlds. Yep. Forgotten Worlds. This is one of those games you all you hear about it, but you never actually said how to play it. For me anyway. And I'm not sure I'd ever played this. I know I had never played the arcade version it. I've never of played it. this
1: in the arcade, no. Uh,
0: but I had I maybe had played it on a, on a console or two or you because know, this got ported to a lot of stuff. So here's a little fun tip, a little fun fact for everybody. Forgotten Worlds was the very first CPS one game.
1: Oh, there the you go. The very
0: first one made. Uh, and uh, it, what a game you've got here. By the way, this was known as Lost Worlds in Japan. Uh, this was designed by a, a crew. You know, one thing with the Capcom guys is that they all worked on all the stuff. So, like, every time you come across these yeah. guys, it's like, oh, yeah, by the way, this guy worked on the Street Fighter. Yeah. This guy worked on the Mega Man. This guy worked on all of it. This one was designed by Akira Yasuda uh, and uh, uh, with, with some help from uh, Assorted Pals. And uh, this game, uh, as I mentioned, got ports all over the place. Uh, the Genesis, the Amiga, C64, the ST, the Speccy, Amstrad, the Master System, the TurboGrafx, and the Wii. Uh, this original, yeah, the Wii. Well, I mean, you know,
1: yeah. it was that yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, By yeah. the
0: way, the Wii probably wouldn't be too bad if it a control set. might be able to do something with the Wii controller in this. I disagree. Uh, yes. Well, I mean, I'm thinking with the nunchuck. <laughs> uh, this was released in Japan... Uh, May thirteenth, 1988, Brent, so way back, uh, back in the day. Now, before you get too deep into discussions of what this game is, uh, we're going to talk about the most important part of the game, which is the control, the control setup on this. This game has a very unique control system, uh, and it's, you've got, what you've got, when you look at the control panel, it's a one to two player game simultaneous. Yep. So, there are two joysticks, one for each player, and there are two uh, round, what, the, what are called roll switches, okay? Roll switches are these segmented, think of a, uh, a spinner, okay, but it's it's, it's it, uh, is segmented, so when you turn it, it clicks in, the, in this place, okay? Yep. You can't just go, woo! Right. You can't thing, spin it all la tempo. This thing was uh, called a roll switch that allowed you to aim in 18 different directions, all around... The compass, okay? Yep. And then you would push it down the fire, okay? So the roll switch is what made Forgotten Worlds uh, unique. I yes. mean, very unique. There aren't that many games that have these sorts of controls. I mean, really, this is one of the few games I've ever seen that has this setup. You're going to see the uh, rotary joystick occasionally, like for heavy barrel and stuff Akira, like that. Akira, but th- 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 uh uh <laughs> Heavy barrel, I yeah. did it. Uh, th- but uh, this one has this, this roll switch is sort of one of the unique features of this game. Akari warriors. warriors. Exactly. So, when they decided to bring this game out, they, originally they were like, okay, we want something like, we want something like a Contra or Akari Warriors, something like that where you see two warriors going through a game. Sure. But it ultimately, you know, using their incredible creativity, they came up with Forgotten Worlds, uh, where you pick, and this is your classic, sort of like a game of its era, in the 80s, where you pick one of two dude bros to go into this thing. Now, you've got a guy that looks sort of like a Schwarzenegger. You've got a guy, a, 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 a man of color that also has a mohawk, sort of reminiscent of like a, a pumped-up Mr. Mr. T. Yeah. So, you know, they didn't they didn't go too far into it to pick these characters out. And when you see these two idiots talk to each other, there's some there's some high five and some crap-talking. <laughs> yeah. It's just like you'd expect. <laughs> Uh, and the guys actually, it's one of the weird things about this game It's like the two guys, when you pick them, if you were to play simultaneously, they actually have different powers. Uh, one guy can shoot further, one, they have different sorts of shooting abilities, although you can augment that after, after a while. So, and this game is set in the 29th century, uh, and there's a guy, there's a thing called the Galactic, the Galactic Conqueror and the God of Evil, and his name is Bios, Right, the old BIOS. He, he what he does is he goes around and destroys worlds. It's sort of like Galactus. He leaves a world a husk when he's done with it. You know what I'm saying? It sucks it dry, and he hits Earth. He hosed Earth, Brent. Well, I mean, now listen. If you're a guy that looks like Arnold Schwarzenegger and your buddy's Mister T, you're not going <laughs> to sit back and let BIOS come down. and Screw you. And so BIOS has uh, has created eight. Uh, basically, guides, and you've got to go defeat these gods, and that's the game. Now, a lot of games have you running around, you know, shooting a gun, not this game. In this game, you're always flying with a jet pack, all right? The jetpack pack it basically propels you forward. Pretty much, mo- you're, you've got your joystick that controls you. So you can use this thing to move your guy around the screen. The roll switch lets you fire in any direction. That's the gimmick. Yeah. And so you're literally, this game is set up to make you use every part of the screen and to fire in every direction. Yes. Okay. Uh, As you, I mean, as you go through the game, this game is absolutely stunningly good looking. I mean, I think this game. Yeah, it's pretty. uh, I couldn't believe how nice it looks. You get a ton of levels in this. Uh, you get what's called the Dust World, which is the first one you start on. You get a, 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 an Egyptian area called the Pyramid World that's got uh, several levels. Then you go to a Sky World where you're up in the air, and eventually you end at the Tower of Babel. Uh, these worlds are all multifaceted with cool backgrounds, with, of course, multiple, uh, multiple backdrops that you can see sort of behind. You know, just, sure. just classic CPS stuff. Uh, and as you go through these, the enemies approach you from different directions and you have to shoot them that's it as you go through the game you pick up money okay and the zennies the zennies the zennies and once you once you get the money you can go to the store and the store you'll go uh, a, a, a beautiful young lady called uh, Sylphie is the chick that runs the store sure the store's got some cool stuff that changes too like you can always get armor, you can always get yourself healed. You can actually expand how much health you've got. You can also get up weapons upgrades. Yeah. Sometimes you just get like uh, faster guns or blazers or flamethrowers. Sometimes you can you can get stuff that just upgrades every part of you. You can get stuff that gives you like an assistant that has heat seeking missiles and, yeah. and shots on it, and it's it's an automatic assistant. So there's a whole ton of different stuff you can get for your character at the store. And they just literally, when I say they pop up, I mean they just come right up out of the whatever, out of the stage. Like it looks like a like a building that says store on it. So it's kind of wacky. This game, I don't think. I think this is a game you'd say doesn't take itself that seriously. Correct. You know, between levels, the guys have these cutscenes where they talk to each other. There's actual audio in this, like digitized audio. And from what I read, the digitized audio were just the dudes at Capcom trying to speak English. So if you listen to it. It's all, it's classic baloney English. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's real, real dopey. You know, when they take a gimmick, like, for example, we're looking at the scene here with with where they're fighting in the Egyptian level. They don't just sort of have an Egyptian background. You're fighting mummies. You're fighting king cuts and sphinxes. The whole nine yards is super dopey and cheesy. There's an interesting part of that second level, or the pyramid level, where this stuff... Pops up out of the background, like way far yeah. off, but it actually gets in your way. It's real unusual. There's levels that suck you down and this, like jaws. Your guys can be like partially eaten Eating by the worms, and, yeah. they, and they and they get out. <clears throat> and then, of course, every level's got to have a a, a, a boss. So and this game's got lots of bosses in it. There's a thing called the Paramecium on the first level. Then you get the Dust Dragon. The Dust Dragon's almost dead, but part so part of his body exposed. You have to shoot his exposed heart. Yeah. Poor guy. Then there's the war god. Uh, there's a sphinx, a Tutankham like I mentioned. Then there are these two guys that shoot fire and ice at you to kill those guys. Ultimately, you want to get to the Tower of Babel, Brent. And at the Tower of Babel, you take on BIOS. After you get through his minions, it's cool. In that scene, he's sitting in like a throne. He's waiting for you. And, and when you get to him, he he'll jumps out. He's a big, you know, cool figure uh, with wings and whatnot. <clears throat> the, I like the weaponry in this. I like the different shooting abilities. I, I like the fact that it's two players simultaneous. I actually watch some chaos. guys play this, and it's it's awesome. You know, this game was meant to be played. With all that said, having never played this before, like in this uh Set up. I had to rig up something to to simulate the rotary dial. All right. Well, you and this probably is why I haven't played this that much. Uh, without the rotary dial, this game it doesn't work right. I mean, really, you you need to have that because even if you set up a surrogate rotary dial on your stick with two buttons. It is not the
1: same. No, the click is the click into place. Is, yeah. is helpful.
0: I used to have a heavy barrel at the pizza place I worked at, which had a rotary joystick that uh, that had the firing ability, and that's another game you can't. And I used to love that game, but it doesn't play well at home. And so I think this is sort of why that Forgotten World doesn't get a whole lot of love these days because this game, I'm telling you right now, all right, I was blown away by how much I enjoyed this game. I really was. I was expecting nothing. I just thought I'll pick something at CPS1. I mean, this game is gorgeous and clever. Like the enemies in this are clever. They're really cool. They they surprise you. They're different on every on every stage. Has different enemies that are neat. You know, there's tons of firepowers. They alter the stages and the way they flow. They don't always go left to right. Sometimes it's up and down. Yeah. Yep. You know, and it that really changes the dynamic of the game. And I kept thinking to myself, man. If I had the proper controller, I would be having a rip-roaring time on this. The fact that they made this thing, it's so clever. It's a super clever game. They couldn't just use their usual forms. You really had to think outside the box on a, on a game like this. Have
1: you tried this one with the actual controllers before? Yeah, doing- I've never played this one in the arcade. Uh-huh. Um, I will have to say, though, you're, you're exactly right. Yeah. You can't program this like a normal shooter because... Well, I mean, you could, but it would suck. You're right. Uh, they take full advantage of the fact that you can shoot in all directions. You can't hang out in the middle of the screen. That would be insane. But you you can't hang out all the way in the back either because they will send enemies from the back of the screen, yeah. the bottom of the screen, the top of the screen, and they really uh, uh, expect you to use the joystick to its fullest potential. Yeah. Now, this game is hard. It, it's it's really above average in its hardness. i am um, <laughs> got a comment on that when you're done. But they do give you a couple tools. I mean, your, your weaponry is, is fairly diverse uh, if you've got the Zenny to pay for it. The option that flies around with you at all times can absorb infinite hits. Yeah. And you use it as basically a shield. Now... Sometimes it's not in the position that you want it to be. You can't just have it continuously in front of your character, but it allows enough bottom and top protection, um, or left and right protection, whichever whichever way you're, you're kind of flying and facing. That it gives you <laughs> a sense of security. Yeah, uh, I'll have to say, Aaron, I I didn't enjoy this as much as you. I, I think I saw a few more flaws in the in the basic programming uh, than you might have experienced. For example, when you continue, this is another continue right where you left off, but for this game, that's bad. For example, you can get to a boss, and maybe this is a boss that spawns enemies, and the enemy, when you come in, it doesn't clear the screen or anything. You come in, you have a few moments of invincibility, and then you're right back in the fight, but if the screen is overwhelmingly full with enemies, you go in and then you just get pummeled and die again. Well, you know
0: it's funny you should mention it because one of the things I noticed again, I played this in the mister. It's supposed to be cycle accurate to the arcade. Right. This game suffers from a lot of slowdowns. It does. It a, does. A bunch yeah. of slowdowns. The screen thing you're talking about. Actually, I, I love that because if you were going to continue, I always would wait till one. And it would scroll past a good chunk of the level and get me back in. Well, so I sure, feel like you can use but, that to your advantage.
1: But the the boss, when you're at a boss and the boss is continuously spawns enemies while you're fiddling around to put another quarter in, uh, it, it fills up to the point where you, like I said, you continue and then you just instantly die again.
0: I never had that happen, and I, I beat the game. I did beat this one. I, you know, it's. But I've read a lot of people talk about the difficulty. I don't know what was going on. Maybe I had the feeling. I thought that I was... My first couple games, I was killing this thing.
1: I was killing it. I got so far... I got to the second boss on one quarter. The, that's because the first level is definitely set up to allow you to get the fuel of the yeah, game. Yeah, now if the you, first level is very fair and the first level boss is very fair. Well
0: now, admittedly, but this is for any of these CPS one games, I think. And you as you get to the later levels, you're you're gonna get crazy. You get you gotta pay. Yeah, yeah. But yeah. I mean I thought I I feel like I had a real good Running. I didn't think it was easy either. I just thought, I, and because you get a you've got a, basically a health bar in this, you only get yeah. one man, but just you get a decent health bar, although as you get later in the game, like the stuff takes a lot more to yeah, did. yeah, you can easily
1: get killed by one or two shots, yeah,
0: yeah. So, but
1: I mean, I, I really enjoyed
0: this one a lot. They call this the beginning of what's called the Jetpack Trilogy, they're not really related, but Capcom put out two other games called the Section Z and Sidearms. I've played sidearms. I don't know if I've played Section Z or not. But, again, I knew I hadn't already played this. Or like, I'm di- Now I'm dying to play this with the rotary. <laughs> because I really, you know, the, the idea of that spinner like that, I really think it's a good a, a control scheme that I can get behind. The one thing about using, like, the heavy barrel stick, the segmented joystick spinner thing, is it, it gives you a limitation on how you... It's not the easiest thing to use to move and shoot. Whereas this right here is perfect. Really, it's a perfect setup to do that. I really like it. I'd like to give this a whirl. This is gonna be on my list. I kind of want to spin it now for the arcade machine, by the way. We'll talk We'll talk later.
1: And, and one other thing to note, yeah. uh, this has rapid fire by default. Yeah. And really, it, this game... <laughs> that was smart. If you wanted to jam something in the fire button and fire continuously all the time, that's probably the best way to do it. Yeah. There's never a time when you want to not be firing. Yeah. Uh, but this one I thought was neat. I was reading just for fun,
0: Brent. Uh, uh, I found some notes. So the guys from this game have made have been guest stars in other games. Did you know that? Sure. Oh, you oh, so oh no! I
1: mean that that's the Capcom
0: way. But you wouldn't think about this game. I never thought about it. Uh, so both the both these soldiers, way, these guys have don't have names, appear in Ken's stage in Street Fighter Alpha Two, which is neat. Uh, they, they also appear in the Mega Man comic series, uh, the Archie comic series. So I guess they showed up in the Mega Man. U- Universe, which I thought was kind of funny. And they actually make a couple other appearances too, so that's kind of neat. So they didn't get completely dropped off the earth. It's I don't know how I couldn't find numbers of how well this did. But by the amount of ports it got, especially considering the arcade control makeup, it must have done real well. Because if you think about it, you wouldn't port a game like this given its situation with the controls, unless it had done well in the arcade. Well,
1: so. I I think when you have R and I L R and L buttons on controllers, which really that started about the Super Nintendo time. Yeah. It, that, that makes the games like this a lot more palatable at home. Yeah. Because even though it's not click, you can just hold and kind of scroll around. And it, if you play this on emulation, it does feel like it's just unlimited amounts of, of places to shoot. Yeah, Even though it is... Segmented. Uh, I, I really enjoyed this. Let's see what uh,
0: Pajaco thinks. He sent in a little review here. They should have called this one Forgotten Bank Balance because <laughs> by the time you're done playing through this one, you won't have any money left. A horizontal and vertical shooter with a twist. See what I did there? Uh, and that you orient your characters with a spinner controller. I haven't played this in the arcade, so I can only assume playing with a spinner is somewhat easier uh, then because I really struggled using buttons. In some places, precise control of your guy is needed, and the buttons don't cut it. There are there's some Gradius and R-Type in there, and I like the Egyptian theme. The show was ideal. The shop idea was cool, but who builds a shop in a war
1: zone? Well, you don't really build one, do you? Well, I of, think that's why it was kind of hidden in the ground. Yeah, I'm, I'm just making that up, but it sounds good, right? the uh, the game is a coin munching monster.
0: It is. My original plan was to play this with like 10 credits went out the, and that went out the window about two minutes in. It's cheap in place. It's often forcing you to center of the screen. I want to have enemies spawn on top of you. There were some enemies towards the end that had a cool shadow blur moving effect but it made it really hard to see the bullets so it took a lot of hits during the later levels. Maybe if I played this with a spinner I would have enjoyed it more. But I didn't get on with it, and really only crunched through it for science. I don't think it's a bad game, just not one I can see myself playing. Maybe, uh, maybe with others to enjoy. Seven out of ten. Again, I think the uh, the lion's share of this game is lost when you when you don't have that spinner. Sure. Uh, just in closing, I uh, looked this up on eBay to see what it was going for. By the way, there are none of these for sale right now. No, no PCBs or anything. But I did look at some stuff that had sold recently. PCBs, so again, these are Capcom CPS 1, so they're uh, JAMA compatible with a little kick harness. Uh, you're talking 178 to 320 bucks. That's probably, eh, you know, maybe we, we used to get those CPS 1 games pretty Yeah, I was going to say, that's the up
1: there in my opinion. Uh,
0: if you just want to collect that one of the goodies, you can get the manual for twenty bucks. A poster of they apparently shipped with the game for fifteen bucks. The marquee is only twenty bucks. But I think these are uh, remakes. Yeah. And the flyer ten American dollar bills. What'd you think of this? As we bid adieu to the CPS one, uh, Brent. Any parting thoughts
1: on this uh, incredible uh, leap in arcade technology? Yeah, that have for absolute us? game changer for the arcade. Yeah. And. Like I said before, when you change the arcade, you change the home system. Yeah. Uh, is this the pinnacle of sprite gaming? No. I think that came later uh, with the CPS 2. But uh, this was absolutely, without doubt, a huge marvel at the time. Yeah. they. I think
0: they, uh, They. if you look at uh, punching power in terms of games, this thing punches well, but it's weight class. Great stuff. Now... All you've got to do is avoid getting a rat's nest in your CPS-1 games. You should be good to go.
1: Aaron, what happens when you get a rat's nest in your, say, Amiga? What do you do then? Uh, Chuck it in the garbage? No. You need to take it to RetroRewind. No, oh, good idea. You mean at
0: RetroRewind.ca? That's the one. Deep in Canada? Canada, that's exactly. right. Exactly. You know, we often uh, talk about our good buddy Frank and his crack staff, of techs up in Canada, Uh, but there's a reason for it because they are solid gold money when it comes to repairs. We don't often talk about what else they do up there. If you go to retrorewind.ca, it's not just a place where you send your board. They've got oodles and oodles of stuff for sale. Connectors, interfaces, BIOS or, uh, you know, kickstart ROMs. I said BIOS because that (laughs) evil guy. He's got into your mind. You've got all sorts of stuff that you wouldn't think about. Uh, Brent, like uh, um, uh, interfaces for your Amiga 1200, 600 to give you a proper uh, SD card solution in there. You've also got Coco support. If you like the color computer, you're in. And on top of everything else, Frank will repair your stuff. Hey, if you're coming to Boat Fest this year, bring your damaged items. Frank's fixing this stuff on the fly. No, he's not. He's we, not fixing anything at the show because he hurt himself. Oh no! Well, he has his crack staff fixing <laughs> stuff on the fly. So yeah, you know, didn't you see his mummified arm yeah. fixing stuff? It'll still, he can still—he'll be in there. I guarantee it. That's RetroRewind.ca for all your Commodore and Coco needs. The Brent, what do you think about uh, this coming week? You got the, we no wheel this week. This,
1: yeah, we, this is a no wheel week. Uh, I will show the wheel just based yeah. on tradition. Oh, we! We'll. Yeah, wh- but we won't be spinning because next week we will be performing live at Boat Fest. We'll be performing like we're like trained seals. Uh, <laughs> we, we will be performing live at Boat Fest for a a special episode. And at the end of that episode, we will be spinning. For the next week's episode, you know, and this is the calm before the
0: storm. But we're because we're filming this just uh, about five days before the yeah. event, uh, and this is where you start feeling it because our friends from all over the world they're beginning their journeys here. Our good buddy Graham's already started his journey yep. from uh, uh, from uh, Australia, Australia. Yep. and uh, our folks uh, from England and Canada will be starting to trudge their way down here soon. It should be a lot of fun. Uh, There should be tickets at the door if you feel like uh, making a last-minute drive down uh, and uh, picking some up and coming to join us. It should be a lot of fun. I'm looking forward to it. And then it's funny, next week, our next show, we will be performing live and after that, God only knows. I guess we'll get I mean, back this to this is live
1: stuff. too, but you know there'll I mean, be more live. Can you imagine?
0: I keep saying this, but performing live. In we
1: don't, front of, live in front of the studio audience. Yeah, yeah.
0: Oh. Yeah. God only knows what we're do. You can hear idea. the heckles now. So it's weird to not have know what game we're playing going forward. That also creeps me out because once again, Britt's taking over the reins. And at Boatfest, we do doing whatever he wants. So if it bombs, it's all him. It's definitely not me. Thanks everybody for checking us out and uh, joining us for CPS One. We
1: will look forward to seeing you at Boat Fest. You got one more thing. One more thing. Uh, if you're a supporter, get your address in. Uh, the the goodies that don't get sold at Boat Fest, we have a few goodies, a few merchandising items. Uh, we will be offering those up for sale after Boat Fest. If you weren't able to make Boat Fest, I'm even going to hold a few of those back for people. Uh, out there in the world that would like a little bit of ARG merchandise that isn't able to get to Boat Fest. It's super rare. <laughs> it's super rare to have ARG
0: merchandise. We will see you next week. You done? I'm done. All right. Thanks, everybody. We'll see you at Boat Fest. Have a good weekend. By the way, if you can't be there, join us live on this channel, Twitch. We'll be broadcasting the whole darn show. It's going to be awesome. So have a good week. We'll see you at Boat Fest. Adios, everybody. <laughs>